1: What a powerhouse show. I've got two very professional women on today. My first guest is someone I've had the pleasure of knowing for some time. She's been on stage with me at our conferences. She's been on some of our C-suite TV shows. I'm talking about Beth Comstock. She's a visionary, an innovator, and someone always looking beyond the horizon, seeking new ideas. She was the first woman to be the vice chair at General Electric. That's GE. And she's an author, and I'm happy to have her back on the show Beth Comstock, welcome to All Business. Beth, I just want to say thank you very much for coming here on All Business.
2: Oh, Jeffrey, thanks for having me. It's always great to spend time with you. I get such energy when when we talk, so thank you.
1: And me too. Uh, You're just, you're full of insights. You you know, you're one of the most calmest people I know. Uh, I don't think
2: my family would tell you that, but thank you. I'll I'll make sure to pass that along.
1: (laughs) But, you know, I always get that sense of confidence from you. Did you
2: always have that? Oh, good gosh, no. I struggled with confidence pretty much my whole life. Um, I don't know why. I grew up in a small town, nurtured, uh, loving parents and very nurturing small town. But um, I, I questioned myself. I still do, right. I, less than I did. But yeah, I, uh, I think confidence is one of the, the, the issues I've wrestled with in the course of my career.
1: You know, I've interviewed you on stage on television before, uh, live. And of course, we just had great conversations with each other over time. I think people would find that surprising, you know, and, 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 and the people always ask me too, they said, Jeff, you seem like you have so much swagger. I said, well, don't, don't doubt yourself. I mean, don't, 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 uh, kid yourself, we all have those moments of like, Oh my gosh, am I, am I a fraud? Am I, can I do this? Am I, am I, am I ready for it? Uh, not there somebody else supposed to be in charge kind of moments, but, uh, it's, it's interesting that you would, you know, listen, you're the vice chair, you were the vice chair of, of GE. I mean, that's, that's one of the biggest companies in the world. And yet you, you would, you would still feel like you should walk into the boardroom with that, that confidence.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I think I think we don't talk about that often enough in business. Everybody talks yeah. about the bravado, and you know, they vanquished the the challenge. Uh, I I had just gotten the CMO job um, at GE. Jeff Immelt had tapped me to be chief marketing officer, the first they they'd had in 20 years. I didn't get my MBA. I didn't go to business school. I had done advertising and communications That's at NBC, but I didn't come with a qualified uh, marketing pedigree. Um, and I did what you do when you're new in a situation. I went to school. I learned. I asked people. I, I think you and I connected at that point. I yep. just reached out to everyone I knew looking for advice. But I remember about six months into it, Jeff called me into his office and he said, hey, what's up with you? Like, I put you in this job for a reason and you've lost your confidence. Little did he know I didn't feel like I ever had it. But I was kind of like, oh, you figured me out. And mm. one, I appreciated him calling me on it. And he's like, you know, I see the ideas from you, I see the energy, but you get into a larger room, and you don't, you're not there. And I need you to be there. I need that. And so, mm. one, I was called out on it, and I now had to, I had to be accountable to him, to my colleagues. So sometimes you think you're doing a good job of covering up, and you know, always like be you know, act, you know, sort of act before you, you feel that way. Um, I, I really changed my way. And so I had to, you know, come back to him and say, am I making, you know, one, he had to see the change and I knew he was watching me. So I will forever be grateful, but also I had work to do on myself, right? You have to say, okay, what am I doing? I'm getting in my way. I've got to change it. I've got to stop that. You know, wasn't I put here in a, for a reason? I was never going to walk into the meeting and no gap accounting. That wasn't my background, but I knew <laughs> trends. I knew yep. ideas. I knew customers. And so that was one of the pivotal moments for me was to say, what do you know? What's your strength? And that informs me today when I go into the boardroom of Nike. I mean, trust me, I'm not there to, you know, tell them how to do retail, but I do a strategic mindset, a market back view, and so I asked different questions, and that's a way of building confidence, knowing what your strengths are.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that's a, a real interesting point to be at that level, of positions. And, I, and by the way, I've been there as well. There were a lot of times I would sit in my in the you know in the room at the board table that we had a big round table, and I'd be sitting there in the board room or board meeting, and I would be going, "Man, somebody's got to fix this." And then I realized, "Hey, that's me." Somebody's you yeah. You know, and 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 I think one, I thought it was very unique you, that you were vulnerable, but I also love the fact that Jeff called it out. I think that's yeah. a great leader who's transparent, who sees that in their team members says, Look, our conditions of satisfaction were this. I don't see you living up to that. So what, you know, here's a kick in the pants, so to speak. Right. And that's what he was kind of doing, but he was, I think he was holding you to your own conditions of satisfaction, right? He,
2: he, he was exactly. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's what a good leader does. And yeah. also I would consider him a good champion. I mean, he, he, he knew what I, in some cases, sometimes you, you have people who are backing you, who at that may believe more in you than you do yourself. And so you also yeah. don't want to let them down. So there's also that, like, am I going to crater their belief in me? No, I've got to step up, if not for my own confidence, I, they're, they're expecting me to. So that also helps you get outside of yourself. Right. I, I think I spent much of my um, formative career uh, really getting out of my own way, but also I'm an introvert. Not that I think an introvert has many beneficial qualities. But I was never the loudest person in the room. I was never the one, you know, I, you'd never accuse me of being in the life of the party. And I knew I had to get out of my own way. So, so you, you just start to, it's being micro, kind of micro changes. And so I had made that my kind of go-to when I knew I had to fix something, I would go to work on it.
1: I can only imagine reading the uh, gap accounting reports or or the balance sheets and everything. And, and, and you were an officer, so you had to sign off on those things too, right?
2: Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, you also have to know when to ask for help.
1: Um,
2: And I think that's another hard thing in leadership and that we all certainly know a a lot of your audience are people who have created their own businesses or running, running small businesses. I mean, so you don't have, you don't know where to go to ask for the help, even if you are open, but generally we're afraid to ask for help.
1: Yeah. And that, you know, my very first book was the mirror test. And I said that you got to ask, you look in the mirror and ask yourself the hard questions and, and the person responsible for that's looking back at you in that mirror. It's nobody else, you know, and you have to realize that. Hey, listen, we want to take a quick break and we're going to come right back. We're talking with Beth Comstock, former vice uh, chair of GE and the chief marketing officer and author of Imagine It Forward. We'll be right back.
0: C-Suite Radio.
1: Thanks so much, everybody, for listening in on that message. That's how we get paid. And uh, we're talking about permission to change, pivot and thrive with Beth Comstock, author of Imagine It Forward, and the former GE. I'm talking about General Electric, the big one, the big one, uh, former CMO and the former vice chair. And we're talking about confidence right now, which is kind of an interesting thing because, you know, with all this stuff that's going on right now, a lot of people's confidence has been broken. What, what would you say to people right now? Because we're in a new paradigm, right? We're in a new shift. and I'm actually. Even though I'm a little scared, I don't like, you know, I, I don't want to get it. I don't want to have it, you know, and so forth. I'm actually running into the chaos a little bit, Beth, because I'm actually like, I, I thrive on that one. Two, I I like the outcomes of some of this stuff. It's changing the way we're going to think our business is making me get certain things done faster. What would you, what advice would you give to people?
2: Yeah. Well, I think, Jeffrey, you and I are optimists. I think that may be also what led us to careers in marketing. Um, uh, But I think part of optimism is also there has you have to be a realistic optimist. I mean, I think the first thing we all have to say is like we're not returning to normal. Um, I I personally believe we've been overdue for a reset economically and uh, otherwise. And so this is a very painful way to get there. But, um but that that old way so when people go when it gets back to normal there is there will be a new normal there, we create there are but new that normal. one's gone. A that's yeah. gone. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, uh, that's why I called my book this, because it's just a, a motto for me, imagine it forward. I think in these moments, when you do have to look back a bit and say, I've been here before, not this exact situation, but I've been in tough situations. I've been in immense change. To be alive at this moment, you've had to have. You've had, yeah. maybe it's never been this bad, but you got through it. So it's helpful sometimes to go back and go, okay, what, how did I surprise myself then? But most importantly, try to start imagining different ways forward. Um, that's what vision and leadership is about. It's not to say it's gonna happen that way, but it gives you alternate paths to think forward. Yes, you have to think of some negative scenarios to be ready, but I think you also have to think of some very positive outcomes. And back to that core strength, I think just any good business person knows you you lead with your strength. So you imagine how these things might happen and then you put yourself in there, okay? how does this play to my strength? What can I do when I start to see those kind of factors come in, come to bear? And then finally, I think in this moment, you can only control what you can control. And so right now, if you're a business person, I think the best thing you can do is make sure you stay connected to your customers, even if you can't offer them, sell them something, your business is closed, you still have a connection. That's something help, you can engage. control right now, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. To help and engage. I'm telling people right now, in fact, my big thing is get off your rear end as a business leader. And especially if you're a thought leader like yourself, Beth, or you know, a coach, a trainer, an author, a speaker, We're, I consider all of those folks, business first responders. And it's up to us to really rush into the fire and really help people out. And I call this whole movement drive and thrive, right? That's what I'm saying. Look, we got to drive and we got to thrive because we got no other choice. And there is going to be a reset. There's going to be a re-normal and that's okay. It's going to be different. I actually think it's going to make us kindler a kinder. I a hope more so. Neighborer. I
2: hope
1: you're right. Yeah. I, I, yes. I, I think so. I think the realization of, you know, the UPS driver coming up to my house here in the ranch and, and of course he gets out of the truck and, you know, I'm on the middle of nowhere and he, I open up the door and there he is. He looks at me like, should I walk up to you or what? And, and I said, brother, how you doing? Can I get you a drink, a Coke, a soda or something? Cause I know you're working hard. And, and, I, and he goes, no, no. He said, thanks for asking. I said, how you doing? He goes, it, it's tough. I said, I got it, but you're doing a great job. And thank you. Yeah. you know, and all you those asked, kind you of, made
2: that connection. I, yeah. I see that in New York. I mean, people want yeah. to help and yeah. um, and just be acknowledged.
1: Yeah. I was in a supermarket the other day and I passed an, an elderly gentleman. I looked at him in the eyes and he looked at me in a certain way, kind of like, you know, like, uh, man, this is crazy, dude, isn't it? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So, well, yeah. I think we'll help each yeah. other. So you, you've always said, um, to, that, to thrive. You use that word before to thrive. You have to make change part of your job. How have you done that?
2: Well, I think one is just being open to, to change. I mean, look, no one likes change when it's change you don't control, which for most of us is the change we're in. Certainly it's a change right now. None of us are in control of this. Very few of us are in control of this situation um and so i think you just have to acknowledge that it's icky you don't you don't like it but it's that mindset you mentioned earlier jeffrey that into the chaos is opportunity and uh i i love the examples of business people i'm seeing who are who are pivoting right now um there's a little bakery near us and they're starting you know they they out a flyer of, you know, things they're doing for Easter morning. I mean, it just created a new way for them to engage with people and make a specific connection. So I think chaos, what, what's my strength? Oh, I can bake. I mean, I'm just offer cupcake for Easter morning. I mean, that's what this bakery did. Uh, And they may find a whole new business opportunity. That, that, they, that they hadn't imagined. So I do think it is that optimism that you were talking about before that chaos creates a path and an opportunity.
1: Well, I think it becomes acceptance. It's like no, no different than Jeff coming to you, your chairman, right, the boss, and saying, hey, I, I don't, I, I see you missing something. I don't see you. We're you, yeah. and, and, but it's that acknowledgement of that that you have to have first in order to drive the change. If you're gonna drive change, you have to be real. You know, I was on a, I'm chairman of a, a new company. We're on the phone, they're showing me $11 billion worth of orders. And I said, well, where are we at with getting them out? And the they guys said, well, we're working on them. I said, well, then all of this is paper money. This is all bullshit. This isn't real. Yeah. I said well, you're just playing a game that you're selling, not delivering. you if you, you can sell it, but you got to deliver it to get the money so I think that's an important piece of it. What's the biggest change that you think we're seeing in business right now besides a remote workforce?
2: Um, I do think just uh, the 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 contract of what it means to be business i mean i yeah. I think we're all asking ourselves, you know i, I I live in New York City. I, I've liked seeing the GoFundMe efforts that have happened to to just invest in our restaurants, invest in our local people because we're not expecting something back for. It. We realize the value of having you in our. We need each other. So I think the contracts are changing a bit. I'm intrigued to see if something like bartering as a system comes back a bit more um, in in mm. this in this oh, wow. day yeah. and age where I got, you got. We can each we may have cash to do what we need to do, but we each have capabilities. Does that make its way back in, uh, into into business? That's one one question I'm I'm asking. Um, and again, I do think people are looking out for one another in a new way. I think people will pay more. I think they will pay in different ways. They will experiment with things that they might not have done in the past because they they don't want to see your business go away. They don't want to see you lose your livelihood. Um, So I do think it'll be interesting um, to see how that plays out and hopefully it lasts.
1: Well, let me tell everybody that's watching and listening right now, I will barter and do anything for bacon, okay, for bacon, <laughs> all right? So if you have bacon, uh, there's pretty much not anything that I won't do. So we, I, I will consult with you. I'll do keynotes for you. I'll do anything for bacon. So there you go. <laughs> hey, let's take a, a quick break and come right back, and we'll be talking with Beth Comstock, former vice chair of uh, General Electric and author of the book, Imagine It Forward.
0: C-Suite
1: Radio. Okay, we're back and we're live right here on uh, LinkedIn and Facebook, which is awesome. And we appreciate it. And of course, we, we record this and it goes on all business live right now because we're doing live editions uh, right here on C-Suite Radio and it'll be out on our podcast. And of course, we will also uh, be loading this up so you can see it later. And we're getting thousands and thousands of views later. And it's just awesome. It's adding to it. and Lots of great comments. So keep the comments going. Hey, um, Mike asked him, just just uh, sent a note in and said, Beth, what are you doing now?
2: Uh, well, right this minute, I'm talking to you. I'm I'm uh, I'm rebooting. I, this was yep. my reboot year. I didn't expect the whole world would choose to do this at the same time. Uh, it definitely is yep. a reset year for me. I I left the corporate world. I put out a book, and you know, I've been traveling and doing that. And I said to myself, for this year, I wanted to be a reset year to really explore my own personal creativity. I spent so much of my career in business creativity, so I've been taking a lot of classes, right, experimental fiction, um, different. different Different kinds of art-related classes, trying to reboot a new sense of creativity in myself.
1: Are you knitting? Anything like that?
2: No knitting. No, I'm not not, very good. I'm not very good at that. But I'm doing a lot of really good writing. I feel good about. I've, I um, unlocking some words. I've rediscovered painting again. These are. It's a respite. It's. I, I got to this point where I felt I. I need a new perspective. I need to force myself. I'm, I like being a beginner. Uh, I have Mm -hmm. a beginner's mindset. I think I needed that to, to kind of say, okay, where do I want to go next? So I forced myself into this space right now. It's very uncomfortable. Um, not knowing what you're doing, how to do things, learning again, it's all very uncomfortable, but I, thats great.
1: it it awakens up all so many things. And if you know that being a beginner in business is important too. I mean, you did some really unique things. I mean, you were at NBC or uh, a CMO at NBC as well during Hulu during that whole time. And then I, and then I used to, in fact, when I remember the last time I interviewed her on stage at an event, we talked about innovation campaign. And I was just so intrigued by the work that you were doing there. I thought some of those, I thought the innovation ads that running at GE were some of the best ads ever, ever, yeah, ever done. Thanks.
2: So we were really happy with those. And yeah. we were doing a lot of uh, our ventures work, investing in internal startups, external. So I just have a real spot for innovation. And uh, I do think out of this crazy time, we're going look back to 2008. Um, I think you saw the entrepreneurial boom, the Silicon Valley yeah. boom we've seen. Um, we might argue it took it in a a way we couldn't have imagined back then and not all to the better, but out of 2008 came a lot of people who couldn't get traditional jobs. So they said, heck, I'm going to, I got a computer. I'm going to start something else. So I think out of this, you will see a lot of innovation um, that we can't even begin to imagine.
1: So I I think there's going to be, and I'd be curious to know what other predictions you make. I certainly believe that there's going to be a lot more people working from home. I, I really, truly, exactly. that we're not going to snap back. I think there'll be some snapping, but it won't be the full snap. I, and and you know, that I talk blending to a of comp- work
2: life, we're seeing more of yeah. that now. People are getting more comfortable, their kids, their mother coming to the I'm like, okay, I'm not embarrassed about it. Yeah,
1: yeah. it used to be that we would freak out if someone were to walk in the room and walk behind us. But now there goes a naked kid. You know, I was on one conference call with with one executive woman who's a good friend of mine. And her her eight-year-old son has got her bra behind her. It was so, she was so mortified. But that's just life. That's the way it goes. That is so cute. Exactly. So that's life. Well, I think the I, I, the other thing is you challenge yourself every day. Are you giving your per, yourself permission to do new things?
2: I have to. I mean, it's one of, again, yeah. another premise of mine I learned in business is that you have to grant yourself this permission to take risks and try things. I mean, it yeah. could be as simple as writing a new piece of fiction that I've been working on and, and trying a different style and giving myself permission to do it. Um, it comes in the odd ways. I mean, yeah. I, and yes, you have to do that every day. It's a, it's a level of discomfort. And right now we're all wallowing in the discomfort. Um, and so maybe grab a Gosh. little of that as energy for, for kind of finding a new way forward. I think
1: people should stop wallowing. I, I'm not wallowing about it. It is what it is, and and actually, I've been. I gotta tell you, I've enjoyed the time home. Now you know I travel all the time, and I'm enjoying it. I'm getting. I've never been busier. Okay, yeah. There's certain things I would love to go do and have, and you know, somebody asked me what's the first thing I want to do when I'm done. I want to go home, hug my grandbabies, and the people I love. Right. I mean, that's the kind of stuff. You know, yeah, but what, you know are I also you, you going to go back? Go ahead.
2: I say one quick thing. I also one of the things I've been challenging myself is I think it's okay to have anxiety to to feel bad some days and just be like not feel you have to do something that's something that's been different for me and i've been trying that's in my beginner's mind okay i'm not going to give myself a to-do list today i'm going to give myself the day off um that's the different that's a different mindset
1: i need to do more i need to do more of that hey are you going to go back to the corporate world
2: i don't know maybe i'm i'm a director so that's keeping me engaged in corporates i don't know maybe i'll be a fiction writer who knows.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, Hey, listen, you don't have to, you can do whatever you want to because you can, there you go. That's a great, and everybody can do that because you can Well, listen, everybody, this has been great. We've got Beth Comstock who's been with us for the last, uh, the last, for this last piece of the episode. So author of imagine it forward, former, uh, uh, general electric chief marketing officer and vice chair. And I've got to tell you, she's just a wonderful person. I've really enjoyed her. She's been a good friend of mine for a, Quite a, I don't even say how long, but quite a while. Yeah. And yeah. it's just been great uh, because we came in as CMOs in the first class together, so to speak. And it's just been nice to watch what you've done, Beth. It's just, it's, it's inspiring. Well, you too, so Jeffrey. Thank thanks
2: you. for having me. Keep it up. I look forward to seeing more.
1: At the end of every show, I'd like to talk about what I learned. And I think the biggest thing that I learned with Beth Comstock was run into the chaos. In the chaos, there's opportunity. I say this, I say this, don't waste a good crisis. Not to be mean or or rough or anything, but acknowledge where you're at, what you're doing, where you might be sitting, standing, whatever, but understand there are opportunities out there and into the chaos are opportunities. All right. Now, listen up before I stop this particular part of the episode, we're going to have Nellie on. coming up in a moment, but thanks so much for tuning in to All Business with Jeffrey Hazel right here on C-Suite Radio. Tell your friends, please, please, please tell your friends.
0: C-Suite Radio.
1: Hey, our next guest is unbelievable. You're not going to believe this show. She is a powerhouse. I'm telling you, it's not often that you get to talk to someone who was dubbed by the New York Times as the tropical tycoon. I'm talking about Nellie Golan, the first Latina president of a major television network i mean she's helped do over 700 shows she was the first president of telemundo she's creating producing countless hours of entertainment program she is also an emmy award winner herself best-selling author and founder of the adelante movement and i'm talking about my good friend Nellie Golan. welcome to all business Welcome to All Business. Oh my God, Robert it's Hazel. so good to
3: talk to you.
1: It is. Well, now you're leading this, uh, uh, ade- how do I say it? Adelante,
3: adelante. In ad- Spanish, it means like move your butt. It's like, just do it. It's. I lo- I absolutely love move
1: your butt. That's what people should be doing right now with all that- this stuff that's going on. We have to
3: move our butts and get it going. That's right, that's right. You know, it's so, it's so funny because... Uh, Jeff, first of all, it's so good to see you again, because what you did say is that you and I had such a good time on Celebrity Apprentice, and that you were a very tough, very tough client on on one of our tasks, and it was really fun, because we, you know, we had a great time together, so I I love seeing you always. Well,
1: we did have a great time. In fact, I I apologize, because I think you got fired on that episode, didn't you?
3: No, I did not get fired. Gene Simmons got fired, because... He, he right. supported me and because yeah. I had told him not to do what he did and yeah. he actually took my side. I got fired much later, but uh, uh, it was a very, it was a very epic episode because of the whole Gene Simmons file.
1: Well, you know, that, that led on to me doing a lot of stuff with Gene Simmons led led to me actually, because I loved your spirit and everything. I said this before the lead up, before you got on was that, uh, you know, we hired you at Kodak and it was probably one of the, one of the most proudest moments of my career at Kodak was all we did about memories and your family, and we did that in the Kodak Gallery. It was, it was oh my God! One it's of one of my—it's
3: one of the favorite things I've ever done in my whole life God. because it, we did a spot about how people, immigrants that leave their countries, leave all the photos behind. Greatest to come back, it, put the photos it, together, it and be able to cry. experience them. Yeah, it made me cry too.
0: Yeah, I cried. But back
3: to to move your butt, which is very important. You know, I have to say, Jeffrey, that in the middle of a crisis like this, I mean, of course, we're all blown away, sad. You know, we all get afraid. It's normal. It's human. But I feel like as an immigrant, I was built for crisis.
2: Mm. And I
3: feel like it's when my best self comes out. And I want people to think about this because I think that sometimes in this country, we are so spoiled because you know, we, we really have easy lives compared to everyone else in the world that when you've come from other countries where crisis happens a lot and you become ready for it, you realize that in crisis is a moment of greatness for you. There's a possibility of a reset. There's a possibility of really showing who you really are. And also it's okay to acknowledge that you're afraid, but I also think this is the moment to be history buffs because if you know that all of these things have happened before and we're still here and everything works out, you just have to know this is a moment in time.
1: I think that's, that's very apropos right now. Now I'm talking about people who are consultants, trainers, authors, speakers, you know, what I call thought leaders. And they, they, help, they help a lot of different business owners and people. I call them business first responders right now. Mm-hmm. And and, and they, a lot of them were like, oh, my business is down. I'm not going to do it. But most of the ones I know that are really good, their business is up because they're out there helping. And even if they're not getting paid yet, that's fine. Yes. Okay. Get out there and get your yes. butt moving. That's what I love about your whole campaign is get your butt moving, you know, physically, well, mentally. I, 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 I financially. think the
3: most important thing that you just said is that when when you're in a crisis, it's a moment of service. You get out of yeah. your funk by being in service. I have been busier than I have yeah. ever been because I'm every day doing webinars for women on how to get money from the SBA and how to get money from your state and how to ch- turn your business around in this moment. And being of service shifts your energetic and you're yeah. right. You're not going to get paid right now. But, you know, in every crisis, opportunity arrives. It does. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I really want, especially women, especially and people of color that sometimes we panic to know that this is a moment it will pass and we have to take the moment to really learn something you know my son's home from college and he's doing college for mom and he's like I'm so bored and I said really I say I don't mean to freak you out but what if this moment that you have with your mom and we're sequestered and we're together I said what if for whatever reason we never get this moment again you never know yeah. I said, and you have a moment to like ask me anything to learn anything anything, you know, to find out how I do what I do, because this, I mean, you should in a way enjoy it. You don't know what's going to happen. And it's true
1: without, without question. When I like and you talk about this in every crisis opportunity arises. So it's to show the people. And just like my last guest, who was, uh, um, uh, the former CEO of GE Beth Comstock, we were talking about the exact same thing you know some people choose to run away from the fire other people choose to run into it and i i think this is where you find out who you really are and and not only that i like the i like the fact that i tell people don't waste a good crisis i've said that Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to be harsh about it, but there are opportunities for all of us here, whether there's self growth or introspective or, or outward bound or, or new business that comes from it. I mean, there's all these learnings and all these things that you get to do. That's that no pain, no gain kind of activity. And what I like about this, I tell people this, even when you're serving, even the person who's serving the soup at a soup kitchen has to eat the soup. Okay. Right. So it's okay. It's okay for you to gain. It's okay for you to move forward in these times of crisis because you have to the strong, the people that need to have to, and we need people Nellie, like you and others who are out there leading that. And I think it's important. You, you wrote the book, you, you have a book that's entitled self-made and why is it? I think more importantly now, why is it more important? Why is it important then and now that to become self-made?
3: Well, because self-made to me doesn't just mean you're an entrepreneur. It means that in life, you know, God, your parents make you whatever. And then you have to reinvent yourself over and over again. You have to make yourself over, over and over again. You have to be willing to change. You have to be willing to grow. And you have to DIY yourself from the inside out. And so self-made also refers to people in corporations that somehow feel like, that that corporation is there to save you. No one is here to save you. There's no Prince Charming. If you're a man, there's no one that's, you know, your boss has issues too. Their bosses have issues. Everyone, you, you have to think like an entrepreneur, even inside a company. So the idea of understanding that, you know, I I say to my women that that listen to me all the time, I say, you know, what I always tell you, you know, self part of being self-made is saving money. Having money put away for a rainy day, I always tell people, you should have two years of salary saved. One year for for an emergency and one year.
1: Yeah, Yeah, well, I was gonna say why, because you've said that in your book before. I wanna know why you you say you have to have two years saved.
3: Because when a crisis happens, and the crisis could be corona, or it could just be a divorce, or it could be that you lost your job. It's, you know what? It's not that bad when you have money in the bank. Like You could be a little afraid, but guess what? When you sit down, I tell people, write down exactly to the penny, how much money do you have? Don't run away from knowing the truth. Is it one week of a runway? Is it a month of a runway? Is it a year of a runway? Because if it's two years of a runway and you're in the middle of this crisis, guess what? It's not that bad. You'll weather the storm. So the problem, the reason people freak out is because they live hand to mouth. And they're not planning. They're not strategic about their life. We work in companies where we're strategizing for the company and we don't strategize for ourselves. What is your five-year plan? How are you going to sacrifice short-term, not suffer, but sacrifice in order to be grounded, settled, able to take anything that comes your way? And again, when bad things happen to us, it's not that it's not sad that you get a divorce or lose your job. It is bad, but it's a lot worse when you have one week of runway.
1: Oh, without question. Hey, listen, this is great advice. We're talking to Nellie Golan, media entrepreneur and New York Times bestselling author and founder of Golan Entertainment and of course, self-made. And we're gonna be right back after this break. C-Suite Radio. So we're talking with Nellie Golan, media entrepreneur, New York Times bestselling author and founder of Golan Entertainment. My next question is, You know, you have a pretty impressive media background. I mean, it it is very impressive when you think about all the shows that you've started, the fact that you were the first president of Telemundo. I mean, it's amazing. With so many shows halting production right now, what do you foresee uh, for the media industry? I was talking to yesterday Nick Best, who is the star of the world's strongest man in history, on the history channel and they've stopped production, you know, so they're, they're done. Will this make more people cut the cord for good or what's going to happen out of this? No,
3: no, no. I mean, I've been through this three times in my career where, you know, everything's been halted over in nine 11, we were halted for six months, you know, in 2008, uh, the shows that, that we were selling, you know, half the shows didn't get picked up. So these things happen again. We have to calm down. First of all, we all are going to want media, more media. I mean, you know, we, we love media. We love, this is a moment of people sitting home and watching more media. So the minute this is over, they're going to need to refill. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've seen everything already. So we, we want more media. So Look at Jeffrey Katzenberg coming up with a whole new media platform yesterday when you think, really, in the middle of a crisis? But, you know, in a way, he's smart. People are home. They're going to watch. I think this is, again, a moment in time. We all, no matter what business you're in, some businesses have been affected terribly in this crisis, the retail business. But then other businesses have gone through the roof, right? So the supermarkets have gone through the roof. the 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 toilet paper companies have gone through the roof. That's just the way it is. You have to be able to weather the storm and then get ready, get strategic, and come back with a vengeance. What does common sense tell us? If we've all been locked up for a couple of months, what happens when we're not locked up anymore? We're all going to go out. We're all going to go to eat. We're all going to go to the movies. We're going to want to go to sporting events. It's going to come back with a vengeance, but we've got to not freak out. Because I've been
1: telling everybody, Nellie, I've been telling everybody that get ready for the restart. You have to prepare for the restart. And And don't worry about surviving the next year. Just You just got to get through the next 60, 90 days. That's it. That's it. We're, we'll be done. We're already hearing some good news out of New York, which is kind of nice. That's so Let's true. keep our fingers crossed and pray that it's going to continue to go like that. But let's get ready for that restart when, you know, like when you're in this traffic jam and all of a sudden it opens up and you can go 90 miles an hour. That's what we're going to start to
2: see.
3: I say, go to your office, clean out your files, clean out your closet, go, go have like quality time with your kids, have those deep conversations you never have time to have, binge watch all the TV shows. Now, yes, if you didn't save money and you're freaking out, first thing you should do is go after those SBA loans and the state yeah. loans and get like informed about all that stuff because that's if your runway is short, move on that first. But then do all the things you never have time to do. Use this time judiciously. Be smart, right. be strategic, and get ready to go.
1: <laughs> I love it. Hey, I, I want to change the subject a little bit more on something broader because uh, you you and I've talked about this a great deal, and uh, it's about Hispanics. They make up nearly twenty yes. percent of the U.S. population. As the entrepreneur that you are, do you think brands and companies have learned to cater to this audience individually and not as a monolith? I mean, if not, what do they yeah. what do they need to do? Could I think they just I think they pander to it. They don't do a good job with it.
3: Well, I think I think that, you know, we forget that, you know, these things are complex. As you said, the Latino market is very complex. It's like the Asian market. Not everyone is Chinese. You have Japanese, you have Korean. Latinos are not all Mexican. They're Cuban, Puerto Rican, Colombian, et cetera, et cetera. So it's it's a complex market. And so what tends to happen is people just, want you know, they want to get a group of people. They want the money, but they don't necessarily want to do the work to nuance the way to 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 find those people or to cater to those people, so it is always a struggle. Um, but there's no doubt if you look at the numbers numbers don't lie, right? So, so why I'm super excited about helping specifically multicultural women in entrepreneurship is multicultural women, if you take Latinas, they're the number one emerging market in the world, number one mm. consumer in America, followed by African-American women, Asian women, uh, and, and, and South Asian women. So when you look at that group together, those women, and I say the women because they purchase on behalf of the whole family, how could any company not look like those women? How could any company not cater to those women when they're the number one customer in the country? So that excites me. I mean, that gives me a lot to do the, the rest of my life actually.
1: You, you've you got one of the most Instagrammed houses in the world. How'd that come about?
3: <laughs> you know, funny, you're going to love this, Jeffrey, because it's my frugal uh, entrepreneurial self. I own a house in Venice and I bought the little house next door, which were really two little shacks. And I was in the last crisis, 2008, and I wanted to make it a compound where, you know, I have a little studio where I shoot uh, in one of the little shacks and the other one's an office. And I decided to hire a Latina, uh, Mexican-American woman painter named Patsy Valdez to paint the houses much like the way LA would have been maybe a few hundred years ago, right? Like it it used Mm -hmm. to be Mexico. And when I painted the house, the neighbors kind of freaked out. They're like, lady, are you doing a pinata? And I go, listen, I know what I'm doing. It's, it's very well thought out. It's... Anyway, sure enough, Frank Eury, who is a famous architect and a neighbor of mine, comes by and he goes, who did this masterpiece? And as, as a result of that, the New York Times and the LA Times put the house on the cover and said it was the most unique house. And now it is the most Instagrammed house in the world. The house is more famous than me.
1: Oh, Wow. I got to get on Instagram more often. I do a little bit, but not not as much as I should. I don't know. I'm just. I'm, I don't know. Just, I
3: don't know, Jeffrey. I'm I think kind you of a and I are both natural born marketers. We're marketers.
1: Yeah. What What's been the most proudest thing you've done in your business career, Nowie?
3: Well, I think you know honestly the the proudest thing I've done is go back to school and take a sabbatical. Um did. Yeah, you did. And you
1: did. you a became moment, a you became a doctor, a PhD, right? A doc-
3: in psychology and I focused on the psychology of money. What could be better than that for everything we do? Because because money is the root of all our pain and mm-hmm. all of our desires. Right. And for, for people from different countries, we have different relationships to money because we've lost it all many times. So I feel like like stepping away from everything and taking four years, actually in the middle of the last crash, after we did the Celebrity Apprentice, I had sold all these shows and all the shows went to hell in a handbasket during the last crash. And I said to myself, this is my opportunity to go back to school. And I think that if I had not gone back to school, And instead of being afraid, I wasn't afraid because back then I had saved money as well. If I had not gone back to school, I would not have thought, I would not have done all the homework on who were the new emerging people in this country in terms of small business, which are women and women of color. I would not have written my book and I wouldn't have started a whole media platform around self made. So sometimes, even in the worst moments, something shows up that's unexpected that changes the course of your life and it's what's meant to be.
1: I love that. I'm writing that down. You know, (laughs) that, that, that is the case. I mean, most great, great achievements have come from that. I mean, they come from hard work and all that, but, but, but it's usually during the deepest darkest times that you have the greatest insights, the greatest breakthroughs, the greatest, you know, I literally even, even wealth moments of, of, of financial. Right. because it opens you up to new possibilities. You're going to go into business, do this or do that. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, and I
3: think, like, look, Jeffrey, look at for you. You you left Kodak and yep. look at how you reinvented yourself. And really, I think are, 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 are really in your true calling. Sometimes yeah. we need something to go away or to, to to not be right for us in order for us to find what we're really supposed to do.
1: Hmm. That's That's deep. That's deep. And I think it's tough for people to realize that in the moment, you know, I, I, you know, I, I could have taken a package. I could have uh, worked my way out. They would have let me you know, let me go and give me a little uh, parachute and all that. I remember just, I quit. I just said, I'm done. I'm not living this life like this anymore. And I'm going to yeah. go do this. And somebody said, well, do you know what it's going to be? Nope. But I'll figure it out as I go, you know, and I had no paycheck, nothing. I mean, <laughs> so yeah. I jumped deep into the fire you know but i did you know i had some savings i had that you know you just like you had mentioned that two years because you got to figure out uh how long you're going to go without money if you're going to be an entrepreneur you better figure that out cuz that's yeah. going to be the you, need case. Is- you need a runway you need a
3: runway but i think i think that you also um have to i think that's why it's good to do things practices like meditation like really calming yourself down because those of us, and you're a type A and I'm a type A, you know, we're like hyper and we're doing, 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 doing. I mean, I have to tell you, I have fully enjoyed this crisis. Not, not, not the crisis itself, but I've enjoyed really calming down and being. And I've really, it's taken me many years to master just being in the moment instead of doing every minute of every day spending a Saturday binge-watching TV with my son and talking about the show. Um, yes. And I think I didn't allow myself to do those things earlier on because I felt like if there was one second of not doing, everything was going to go away. It's that fear that, that, that pushes you forward. And that's why I say to all of you, if you haven't saved two years of salary, I mean, and you're in this boat, forget it right this minute, but when yeah. this passes, you must begin because I promise you when the next crisis happens, and it will, you will smooth sail through it. Because you'll know this too shall pass. And I have enough money to survive this moment. And that's all you need.
1: Amen. That's all you need. That's all you need. Wise world, uh, wise words from Nellie Goan, media entrepreneur, New York Times bestselling author and founder, Goan Entertainment. And, of course, check out the book Self-Made follower go find that house on instagram it's gonna be well worth the time to go and see that house beautiful beautiful nelly thank you so much for Jeffrey. Being i'm
3: here. your biggest fan i oh, i can't i could talk to you every day
1: <laughs> well i the same and you know what it's been too doggone long since the last time we went to an oscar party
3: i know yeah. that was one of the funnest remember you you, yeah. you, were, you were so much fun you said nelly let's go and it was so much fun and we, we got went to, to Slumdog Sports Dog Millionaire. Slumdog we were the, millionaire.
1: By the way, no one thought they were gonna win. And no. we went, <laughs> excuse me.
3: And we ended up with all the Oscars in the room.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we had a blast. We had a blast. It was us and Danny Glover and a couple of other people, the guys from some TV show. I can't even remember the name I of the show. Know. All these great. Well, thanks so much. Now I appreciate Thank being you. right here.
3: I'm at your service anytime, Jeffrey. Thank you all for right. everything I'll- you do.
1: End of every show, I like to talk about the things I learned and I talked about those with my good first guest, Beth Comstock, but I also want to talk about this guest, Nellie Goan. I'm telling you that don't waste a good crisis. In the moment of vast change, there are opportunities. So look for them, find them. Look what Nellie has done during the downturn. She turned herself into something brand new, a butterfly that came out like like her t- TV show, The Black Swan, recreates herself. Unbelievable! Lots of opportunities. She's built a multi-million-dollar operation. You should be doing the same thing. What can you learn from this crisis and take it to heart and go out and do something bigger? That's what I learned right here on All Business with Jeffrey Azit. Don't forget to tune in and listen to the other podcasts that we have right here